T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Oh my goodness. How y'all doing? Let that play a little bit, Jonathan. Let me tell you something. I am feeling great. I am so happy. There's been so much going on in my life. I should write something about it. I really think I should write about it. All right. So here we go, you guys. This is Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele, and it is what I love to do is be here with you on a Sunday night. And here we are, the first Sunday in January of 2022. I just want to thank everybody, the little people, the big people, honey. I'm just talking about the obese people. Everybody, just thank you so much. (laughs) We made it. Jonathan, we made it into 2022. I don't know about you, but I have nothing but joy because I've been through some stuff, honey. I'm over COVID, and I'm, I'm telling you, it was a trip. You don't even know yourself when you have COVID. Honest to goodness, for me, I didn't recognize myself. So when, my did, when did you have it? This is the first I'm hearing this. Oh, I had this on. I, I took the test on Christmas morning, and that's when it was positive. Oh, my goodness. And it was a rapid test, right, Jonathan? It was a rapid test. I don't trust rapid tests, and I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm really sorry for those that are disappointed to hear me say that. But I'm being honest with you. I never took a rapid test except very early on, and I just didn't trust it. Most people would say, well, you know, it's a lot of false positive negatives and false negative positives. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to even invest in that. And then my son made sure that I had some and sent them to me. And I said, you know, my brother Fred picked them up for me. And I just thought, you know what, I got to try these because I'm not feeling well. And on the first try, it said positive. And at that moment, Jonathan, I didn't question it at all. I just went, okay, all hands on deck. All of these symptoms just kind of flooded into me. I'm telling you, right after I took the test, right after I took the test, all of a sudden I had these symptoms. I, you know, I had been coughing earlier. I had a little nose drip, but oh no, everything else started piling on and maddening, you know, not being able to move in the bed, not being able to raise up in the bed without a, just a serious headache. So a lot of people that are listening, maybe even you, Jonathan, have been through this or you know someone who's been through it. But the variant, you know, this particular Omicron, we have been, well, at least we've been hearing that it should not affect you as badly as the Delta. And I must say, I really did feel that way. I agree. Um, I'm just so grateful I didn't have to be hospitalized or something like that. I know people that have far worse symptoms than me and being fully vaccinated. I'm just so grateful. And I'm supposed to get a booster shot tomorrow, but I'm concerned, you know, I'm just a little concerned, (laughs) but I think I'm going to run and do it anyway. Um, But I feel so great. 
I really do. And I'm, I feel so blessed and so um, incredibly thankful. Here it is, you know, January 2nd of 2022, and I am moving up and forward. And I hope you are too, Jonathan. Do you know anyone in your family that has had it, like your brother or Absolutely. A, a family member? Absolutely, oh, yes. So I, I think, I think at this stories. point in time, you're not going to find too many people I'd be shocked if you found more than two or three percent of the whole population of this country that hasn't had somebody affected by this right. at some point in time in their in their blood relative circle. Right, exactly. And um, here's my frustration: there's still so many Americans that are not vaccinated, um, refuse to get vaccinated. I have nieces and nephews that absolutely refuse to do it. And, you know, I would love to be able to sit in front of them and say, hey, you have the right to feel that way. But at the same time, I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. I'm your brother's keeper. I'm your sister's keeper. You're supposed to be mine, too. So it's very frustrated. I, I have, um, let's just say I really did some thoughtful thinking um, during the time I was in the bed and couldn't get out the bed. Um, but now I'm really clear. I am absolutely clear that every American, every person that visits this country need to be vaccinated. And we're talking about free vaccinations here, people. Nobody's going into your purse to get the money, you know? So I'm trying not to scream <laughs> to get everything out that I thought about during those days since Christmas, since Christmas Day. So I want to say thank you to everyone who knew that my sister and I had to postpone our show at Crooner's. Uh, because I had COVID and was in terrible shape. So we're looking forward to seeing all of you again on January 22nd. That is the rescheduled date, and we do hope that you can come. And we are just excited to be on that stage. I think that is the night you will see nothing but my teeth and my throat because <laughs> I will be smiling <laughs> and saying hello to everybody, I, you know, from the stage. So I'm excited about that. I'm just so grateful that I'm done, you know. I believe I'm done. I'm going to keep taking tests to make sure that I'm done. Well, that's the thing with this with this virus. There are people that have – you're not done once you get it. You're not done. You might have antibodies that will fight off another case if you get it or help you, but you're not done. There have been people that have been reinfected after they've gotten the virus. It's, that's right. This is something that is – it's not a one-and-done thing. Now, people are trying to avoid it like myself. People are trying to avoid this like the plague because in a way it's kind of a little it bit is. of a plague. Uh, but because of the, uh, the transmissibility of this, I, I think people are becoming more and more resigned to the fact of, okay, at some point in time I'm probably going to get this. I, how am I going to protect myself as much as possible from getting this or, or when I do get it. That's, I think people are starting to become more resigned to that question than saying, I'm not going to get it. I'm just, I'm just hopefully not going to get it. Just planning on not getting it. I think we, Oh no, 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 no. I, think I know plenty of people who actually say that. No, nope, I'm never going to take the COVID vaccine. I'm never going to do it. No, 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 no. This, this isn't Did about the, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the, the virus itself. I'm, oh, gotcha. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about I think many people's mind, mind, minds ha, mindsets have shifted from 
I'm gonna I'm gonna never get the virus. I'm gonna do all this and never get the virus at all. To okay, I'm probably gonna get this virus. How do I protect myself as best as possible when I do get without. the virus? Okay, without the vaccine, with or without. I, again, I think some for some people that means getting the vaccine, getting the booster. Uh, being home as much as possible, staying away from from people as much as possible. For other people, that means doing some of the other things that have been out there, the ivermectin, the hydroxychloroquine, whatever thing has come across from different news sources, different information sources, I guess. Um, That's what they're going to do. What's more effective? Personally, I would say I think the vaccine has been more effective. But, uh, you know, the people are talking about treatments like the pills that have, uh, the, that have started to come out from Merck and from Pfizer, the monoclonal mm-hmm. antibodies, that looking at that pricing and seeing how, that, how much that costs versus a vaccine, if you, if you did like out of pocket, it's, there's a reason monoclonal antibodies haven't been widely spread out. It's, it's right. pricey. Right. It's pricey. We've been really fortunate, though, in this country, you know, um, pretty quickly. um, Once Biden got in, you know, he just said, look, we got to make this possible for everybody to get it. So we're just going to get it free. Because at first, remember, you're supposed to turn it in over to whatever you spent. You'd be reimbursed by your insurance, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it just went, nope, everybody just free. This is a pandemic. We need to get it over with. Everybody get out and get your vaccines. You know, you know, it won't cost you a dime. But, and but I really monoclonal antibodies have that. not been the same. They have not been no, available no. as as a free source because, again, when you and, and this is something I've learned a little bit more on over the last couple of weeks, the price of the vaccine and and how much that costs to produce and to make and to get out there versus what it does for what monoclonal antibodies cost. It's thousands of times difference. Not not like mm. ten times difference or hundred times. Difference. I'm talking a thousand to two thousand times difference mm. in price. Mm. That's a big. See, that's, that's the a big crazy difference. stuff. Yeah, you remember what was that guy's name that you know really got hit hard by that judge? Um, Psych uh, Sarklo. He was the one that was over the EpiPen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Skek. Ske- oh, I can't pronounce. Skrill. Uh, Skrilly. Something like that. I think it's Martin and, Skrilly. Let me let me yeah. check that. He was he just was awful, and he laughed. He smiled at the camera in the uh, courtroom whenever they would say, you know, to cost this. Do you really expect people to be able to buy an EpiPen for six hundred dollars? And he would just smile. Like, I'm talking no feelings, just void of of. Um, you know, empathy. feeling for others. Empathy, thank you very much. Void of empathy. And it, we're finding more and more people like that. That's what's really sad. Yeah. And, it, and it is okay, Martin you, Screlly. That is, his, that is his name. Yeah, Martin Screlly. Oh, I don't know what happened to him. Did he go to jail? Didn't he go? I'm looking right now. Um, okay, while you're looking for that, I just want to say I'm really excited about Vanita. Saka, being here at WCCO, <laughs> I'm so beyond joy knowing that she's going to sit in that seat. Now, she's starting tomorrow, right, Jonathan? Uh, yes, I believe our official start date is tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow. And, and are her hours the same as Dave Lee's were? 
Yep, yep. It'll still be okay. six I think, to I nine. Think, I think it'll be yeah. Steve Simpson five to five to six, and then yep. Vanita uh, six to nine. Yes. Wow, I am so excited. Have you been hearing great news or, or great comments from listeners when you're here? See, this is the thing, Miss Miss Gerald. This is the thing mm-hmm, with me. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. a middle name, and that middle name is last to know. So it's. <laughs> I think it's I think it's French. Last to know, I don't know. Uh, it might it might be you know I know that they speak uh, French in in some of the African countries, so it might be a derivative of I don't know. It's last to know. That's what it is. All I know is that my honey actually sent it to me, and I went, you know, how come I don't know? You know, but I have been sick, so I'm gonna get over that. Good lord, I'm really excited about it though. Not just a woman, but a woman of color as well. She's brilliant. I loved her on CNN. I loved her um, shows that she did um, that was shown on CNN, but she produced. Um, I mean, she talked about some great things. I'm so excited about uh, her being here. So as we move forward this week, I'll be listening to her as much as I can <laughs> because I think she's amazing. Um, she's been on my show before over the 22 years I've been here, and um, she and I had some great conversations. She knew people that I wanted to interview, and just she's a bright, bright light. I'm really excited about her being here at Odyssey, so this is a big deal. <laughs> so, you know, the the feminist, the um, the independent woman in me stands taller tonight because she is coming to CCL. Yay! <laughs> All right. We have a guest coming up at 735 um, that I want to mention. His name is Jonah Stillman. And why are we talking to Jonah Stillman? As you know, here on Still Talking, I have this thing about the generations, right? Uh, the living generations, those that are working and living and uh, thriving, hopefully. And I am always curious about the Gen Zers. Yeah, you know, Generation Z, they are a trip, aren't they? (laughs) But they have a right to be because they've been through some stuff. They've been through some stuff my generation hasn't been through. So there you go. Uh, We're all in it together now. And so we're going to talk about, you know, the new year, bringing that promise to the younger generation. Remember how we used to always ask each other, uh, our friends, we call up and say, what are your new resolutions this year? You know, what are you going to do to improve yourself? Remember, people would run into the gyms where with COVID, people aren't running into the gyms necessarily. Are you, Jonathan? Come on. No. Um, wait, wait, so- wait. So you're, am I running into in the gyms? The gyms. No, no, in the gyms. In the gyms? I was no. saying, you have not been listening. Okay, so I was talking about resolutions. Oh, no, I'm, I'm Remember I'm, I'm every not, year we I, would I talk resolutions. No, I don't have gym mem- a gym membership or anything no. like that. No, I don't, no. I, I, but I I've, am I've tried, a stationary bike. I've tried to do something with resolutions before, but I was thinking about this, you know, last night, actually, last night and the other day. Um we do this to ourselves all the time and we just, we, we put that new year on the calendar and we say, okay, this is the year where I start something. This is the day, this is the time where I'm going to start something where it's going to change. Yeah. And then you, it stops the next day. <laughs> well, it's, it's not just that it stops the next day. Yeah. It's, it's like you, you go to bed on December 31st and then January one, it's supposed to be the the world is supposed to have changed in some fashion or form like a metamorphosizing butterfly yeah we have to adapt but 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 you wake up the next day and it's the exact same stuff 
that you wore that happened yesterday and the day before. And so I'm I'm going to try to just think about change you got to make you got to make changes overall. It's got to be an a very interesting concept you just mentioned change. because here's yeah. the bottom line. Bottom line is I don't want every day to be the same. I don't. I enjoy the changes in the in the temperatures and the seasons and to look at the foliage as it comes out and goes away and the four seasons that we have here in the great state of Minnesota. I love all of that. Right. And so I, when it comes to when it comes to resolutions, right, no matter what I try to do, I try to stick with it and I may get there for like three weeks to a month and I'm thinking, Wow, I did it for a month and then it's all done for the rest of the uh, eleven months. <laughs> well here's the thing here's the thing. I, I get what you're saying, and, and I think change happens all the time, but what, I, what I'm saying is you don't go to bed and it's five above New Year's Eve, and then you wake up uh, January 1st, and all of a sudden it's 75, and there's leaves on the trees, and there's grass everywhere. You know, it, it doesn't flip like that. And so it's funny – just me thinking about this, it's funny how we ascribe all this stuff to the change of the calendar when maybe we should just be like, okay, don't worry no, about the I resolutions. Disagree. Don't worry about, don't worry about, I have to set it for January 1. Just say, let's, you know, it could be August 3rd or it could be. Mm-hmm. April but I do believe 15th. in a calendar. I do believe in a calendar, though. There's something about it. If you th- look through history, historically, the calendar was seriously important. You know, certain things had to happen, whether it was a sundial or uh, one of the different types of calendars. Um, we we lived by the calendar, and we still do. I mean, how many of us have a manual calendar or a manual, um, uh, what do you call those books, the where you put all your notes in it for every day, and uh, we we have yeah. that. I, I know, I know what you're that. talking about. It's yeah. it's. Uh, uh, and you do it manually. Or you have it on your yeah. But you go, you do the Google Calendar. You can do it's so many different calendars today, and not including the ones we already have taught been taught about in high school, right? So it's important to me when it comes to a calendar. I don't mind doing certain things um, that's necessary during the uh, the month of a cal- uh, the calendar month. You know, like right now it's January. What is it that I want to accomplish in January? I can just work on that one thing for one month. Now, do am I going to stick with it for the rest of the year? This is what. Geraldine is not good at. So here's what I'm saying. We're going to talk to Jonah Steelman um, about New Year's and whether or not the younger generation, the Generation Zs, whether they want to set new goals. Is it important for them to have a New Year's resolution? And he's an expert. He's going to help us understand that. We're going to take a break and come back with the weather. And then our guest, Jonah Steelman. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Steel Talking. I am your host, Geraldine Steele, and I am excited to be here with you tonight. Getting over or have gotten over COVID and just looking forward, not backwards, and just grateful to be here. I'm excited about this half hour because we're going to talk about the generations, those that are still working and engaged. I was told that there are still five generations that are working um, in our country right now, and I find that remarkable. So how have Gen Zers, the, the newest ones, fared during the pandemic and does the new year bring promise to the younger generation? That is a big question for me. Well, joining us to kind of answer what the Zers are doing is generation expert Jonah Steelman. Hey, Jonah, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Happy to be joining. Oh, so glad that you're joining us. Okay, first of all, you're part, you're half of the, the father-son group that does all of this uh, research, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll say you have the better half. You can hear that, too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So so tell me, when you start looking at the generations, I thought, you know, the greatest generation that was part of World War One and Two, um, and all the way down to um, the Generation Zers, were five generations actually working in the workforce today. Is that still true or is it not? You know, I think it, it, you, we for sure have four, right? We for sure have the baby boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and now Gen Z. And in some, in some working environments, there might still be some traditionalists or, as you refer to them, the greatest generation. But um, we for sure have four. The traditionalists, if not already retired, are definitely on their way out. And we're now seeing the baby boom generation edge towards retirement. Wow. Baby boomers. <laughs> well, this is true. It's time, right? And I feel bad sometimes, right? I mean, I, I look at all the generations that get frustrated, and, and they'll say to us, can you guys just, like, retire so we can get more money and have a better life like you did? Do you I, hear that? People are hungry, hungry to, to be promoted, move, move forth in their careers, and I think that we're seeing, you know, Gen Xers rise to places of leadership. And, you know, as, you're, as we're talking about today, the next generation, Gen Z, is, is no longer, you know, futuristic. We're in the workplace now. We're out of college. And what I tell people as I frankly travel the world and speak to different companies and organizations is that the time to get to know Gen Z is truly today. It is today. So here's the thing. If you have the traditionalist that, you know, there are a few of them that are still out there working. I know a few. And then, of course, there are the baby boomers. And the baby boomers are not um, able to retire on their Social Security like they thought they would because of inflation, because of all of the prices that have changed over the decades. And so who do you blame? Who do you say, hey, it's your fault that the, Z the Zers are not getting what they deserve? Yeah, you know, I think if people always are looking to point fingers, especially in this, you know, area when it comes to generational diversity. People are saying, oh, the baby boomers did it right. Millennials were wrong. You know, you're better, you're worse. When in reality, each generation tends to go through the same life stages. You know, we each get our first job. We each work. We eventually hope to retire. But the difference is each generation tends to reinvent each life stage when they approach it. So we saw, you know, the baby boomers are raging against aging. They're not headed to 
you know, the porch swing to retire. They're, they're traveling. They're experiencing the world. They're doing so many different things. So as for who did it right or wrong, it's, hard, it's tough to say because each generation is just reinventing each life stage as we approach it. So do we reinvent the same way every time or do we change it up? No, I think it gets it, it changed. You know, I think if you were to look at something like the American dream, say, I would say, you know, most Gen Zers would likely define the American dream a little bit different than a traditionalist did in their early stages of their career. We've seen so much change in in terms of what's available in the workplace, benefits, benefits, and you know what our goals are in, in the big picture. So I think that while we each, as I mentioned, hit the same life stages, we reinvent the same life stage. And as you were saying, yeah, in, in a different way. We want different things. We go about them different ways. Okay, so going about it in different ways, who's advising whom that makes those changes? You know, I, I notice that we're each generation is being directed one way or the other. All of a sudden, there's a new technology that allows more jobs to become available for the uh, seniors, right, or those that are um, the upper age of the baby boomers, that sort of thing. So as we keep seeing all of this new technology, we find new ways of staying within the system, making money as we grow older. Is that a good idea? I, I would say so. And, and, you know, when it comes to who's advising, it, what's so interesting is that there, it's a few things, right? You, you, you see things... We're seeing kind of, you know, the end of the expert as we know it, right? And in terms of a lot of advice from investing strategies to where you should go, shouldn't go, are coming from peer to peer, from internal mentorships across the board. And, you know, a lot of people are finding information in, in different ways. Access to information has become so great that where it used to be, you know, there was a few people to advise you on a certain thing. Now there's endless ways to be advised on retirement strategies, say you can you can do your own research on Google. You can find customized, automated tools that'll do everything and anything for you. So it, it's truthfully the end of like the traditional path and the expert as once we knew. You really said something there because, of course, we know that cryptocurrency is eventually going to take over our current currency. And when it comes to the generations, we've got three generations that may not do well with that at all. Um, do you see anything on the horizon of training those who have invested and they have a great retirement system and um, they're doing really well? Are they being able to understand all of these really new, big, new changes that are going to affect every one of us? Yeah, you know, what, what's interesting is I, I, I see that being a optimistic thing. All the generations, baby boomers, Gen Xers, the older generations have had to adapt and change their whole lives. Like a, a Gen Xer yeah, but this is huge. the early stages of their careers not having access to the Internet. Now you can't even imagine a world without that. We, we once knew a world without social media in terms of how we work. And the next big change as we adapt and change with so many other things is they will adapt. But where that information comes from, what's so exciting and unique is that a lot of this change in information is being provided by the younger generations. It really is for the first time in, in terms of the workplace where we have a younger generation that is entering innately knowing a little bit more about modern technology and how we navigate it than the older generations. It doesn't mean that we're better employees. It doesn't mean we're more intelligent, but we've just grown up in a world where it exists. So we're starting to see you know, the, the idea of two-way mentorship come into place, baby boomers and Gen Zers in terms of statistically are getting along in the workplace. It's, it's a hardworking generation, Gen Z, and baby boomers align with that. And while they can share information about their workplace, how to navigate for promotions and what to do, what not to do, Gen Zers are, are creating these relationships where we offer information to them as well. It's, it's really an exciting time.
I'll never forget seeing a movie called The Intern, um, and I remember sure. I can't remember who it starred, uh, a great actor who was definitely part of the Baby Boomers. And um, it's interesting because uh, Robert De Niro, thank you so much, Jonathan. Yes, Robert De Niro. And it's a wonderful movie that shows a 30-something, uh, up, you know, a woman who's leading her company, brand-new company, doing really well, but she needed the advice of this older man, this Baby Boomer, right? Um, and to see that relationship happen and how he shared with her and she shared with him, and they both grew to be better, to think better, to just do better. So as we move forward, and we know that um, various companies, even with you and your dad, are, you're finding ways to customize the programs, right, um, in the industries that these young people are interested in. Are you also looking to customize or to continue customizing those that are older, especially the baby boomers? Well, absolutely. And, you know, I think that it, it's, it's not a cookie-cutter solution, right? Whether it's very different in different industries, companies, organizations that all have unique problems. Some companies, you know, have an influx of Gen Z employees applying to come work there, and they're not sure how to best optimize who's the most effective candidate. On the other hand, there's some old line industries that can't get many applications at all. So these solutions that need to be implemented, you know, for these different industries are, are very unique. So as it comes to, you know, you mentioned I work with my dad, and when we talk to companies, it's never the same problem necessarily for for two organizations. So customization is key in terms of our work when we understand the different problems that organizations and companies face. And, and I think that's true for a lot of different forms of diversity, right? I mean, we're facing so many new conversations, challenges in the workplace, the marketplace and beyond that these conversations have to be customized. They have to be customized. Okay, so here's what I'm getting at. I'm getting at whether or not we should spend all of our time when it comes to how the generations are working together or without um, and figure out that each of them need each other. I think we all need each other. So why not make it where it's mandatory for us to work together with the various generations within an office? Well, I mean, I I should hire you. That's what I'm preaching. (laughs) Oh, come on now, Jonah. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, what the most successful companies are the ones that, that, that are able to bridge that gap, right, that see the, the value that all generations bring to the table from different right. strengths in terms of collaboration, conversation, innovation, speed of change, all these different things. It's not one generation that's going to lead the way. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's when we, when we learn that all the generations work best together. It's not right, wrong, better, or worse. It's just understanding that, each generation and individual is different, and when we can understand that, that's when you, you're really going to unlock the power to, to work multi-generationally. Okay, that sounds like it's going to take a mountain for that to happen. I, 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 you know, I, I don't disagree in some scenarios, but we're seeing it in a lot. There's a lot of companies that are doing it right. There's a lot of, you know, that are promoting and inviting everybody to the table. It's not just based on tenure, and, you know, it's based on performance, and there's a lot of companies that are really doing it right. Well, I tell you, um, we want those companies to come forward and bring us all together. Whatever it takes, it, if it has to be mandatory for us to do it, then we should do that. Because in order for us to all move up and forward, we all have to move up and forward together. No matter who's at the top more. of the Eve, as the oldest one or the youngest group, we all have to work together. I have nieces and nephews that are just, they're so smart, and they know and understand. And I keep saying to each of them, you have to finish what we didn't finish. It is your turn to save the world. And they look at me and go, come on, Auntie. I said, no, 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 no. Every generation has something they have to do to help save the world. Your turn is now. 
And they look at me and think I'm a little nuts. I'm the crazy aunt, right? <laughs> but I'm not. I really believe that their, their lot in life that is so important right now is to save the world. Do you feel like that is a message we could actually get them to take on and understand? A lot of these young people from around the world are already letting us know that they know and they're holding us accountable for making sure that we tell our children and get it straight. What do you say? I agree. I think that by nature, you know, my generation, Gen Z, we, we are change, we're change makers. We, we've already seen the power of Gen Z in terms of civic engagement, the way that we use our voices when something needs to be changed or we see a problem that needs to be addressed. And I think what needs to happen is that, you know, it needs to be understood by all generations that, like you're saying, everybody fights their own battles. There's different ways to to be the greatest generation, if you would. And I think that when all generations can understand that the fight that's being fought by individual generations, all generations together is like you're saying, that's when that power is harnessed, right? Like when, when it's, when it's understood that the fights that are being fought are relevant for all generations. Exactly. But of course, my generation was taught, look, be grateful that you have a job. Be grateful and try to learn as much as you can. Same for Gen Z now. You know, we're a generation that grew up in the 2009 recession. It wasn't the tech expansion. It wasn't the the go-go 90s that the millennials grew up in. We were told by our Gen X parents, look, you're lucky to have a job. Be grateful every day, work your butt off and, and get promoted and, and be grateful for the situation that you're in. And that's something that the that when I mentioned the baby boomers align with Gen Z is that we, we are a generation that is that is hardworking and very, very feel lucky to, to have the jobs that we do. So what do you say to the young people then that um, that's, that look you straight in the eye and go, you know what, Jonah, here's the thing. I'm not being paid a living wage. Why in the world will I go take this job? I'm going to be working more hours than I want to work, and I'm not getting paid a living wage. A living wage should be well-defined. We know that $19 an hour is not enough for the generation's ears. We know that they can't live off of $19 an hour. It's just not enough. So if, if we're going to do what we're supposed to do for them, we have to make sure that they have a living wage what are you hearing from your generation what does a, a living wage look like to them right and i think what we kind of talked about a little bit it's probably a fight that's going to be continued to be fought by gen z at the same time when we're lucky to have have jobs and our understanding to you know be grateful for what we have we also aren't going to sit back and be taken advantage of so we're fighting all sorts of fights from you know optimizing our careers from whether it be salaries benefits packages Gen Z is saying, like you're, like we're talking about, that you know we deserve to be treated fairly. That's right, and they do. They absolutely do. You are absolutely right. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're gonna take a break. Can you stick with me? I have one more question for you. Sure can. All right, you are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele, and who's joining us? Our guest tonight is Jonah Stillman. Um, he graduated from high school in 2017, so yeah, he's a generation zero, and he knows all about it. He and his father have followed the generations for a while now, so stay tuned. We're going to just come up with our last question with Jonah in just a moment. It is now 7.51 here at WCCO as we wrap up this this half hour with Jonah. And um, if you don't know who he is, he and his dad have worked very hard. Jonah Stillman is his name, and he has become a great speaker and so much more dealing with the Generation Zers and all the generations that are working within our um, um, our country and beyond. Um, Jonah, it's been a pleasure having you on. And the last question I have for you are the 
four pieces of information that you give us about Gen Z at the bottom of your website, where it talks about 77% of Gen Z consider level of diversity at a company very important. 62.3% of Gen Z think that feedback sessions should take five minutes or less. Um, 40% of Gen Z say that working Wi-Fi is more important than working bathrooms. And 92.7% of Gen Z believe that technology is causing gaps between generations. Do you agree with all of them, especially that last one? Yeah, I would say that a lot of those are, you know, very, very prominent stats, very compelling stats. And I would, I would definitely agree with the, the last one, just because, you know, I think that the view of technology amongst the different generations is very different. Well, I think there's a, a mutual understanding cross-generationally that technology is obviously a huge part of everything we do. It, it has, as for how we navigate it, use it when we should and shouldn't use it, um, is viewed very differently. And I think that, uh, it's likely causing gaps between the not only Gen Z and the oldest generations, but even as close as Gen Z and the millennials. Here's the thing for me that I notice um, as I get older, right? I keep noticing as a baby boomer that um, when it comes to technology, it almost feels as though they're pulling technology, brand new technology, away from the older uh, baby boomers and saying to them, oh, we're going to offer you this this, uh, I don't want to call out a, a, a certain name of an option uh, that they want people to get. But if you're over 55 or over 60 years old, they're now offering you easier phones or they're offering you easier this or the computers that they offer you may not be an actual computer. Maybe it's something a lot less and you can't do as much as you were doing when you were working. You know, it's like they're dumbing us down. And I'm wondering if you notice that too, or do you say give people the chance to learn the technology, work with them? Them. Give them that opportunity so they can keep passing it on to their grandchildren and others as well. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I'm not necessarily familiar with, you know, different generations receiving different forms of technology, whether they be more effective, efficient, or less. Uh, but I think that it, it's obviously important to make sure that the older generations are able to operate with uh, pieces of technology, software in the workplace and in their personal lives, just because, you know, as I mentioned, it's only going to become a bigger part of our lives is only going to become smarter, more effective, more efficient. So uh, it's definitely important. I think that the Gen Zers are, are helping the older generations as we talked a little bit about that two-way mentorship when it comes to technology. So I think that it's definitely happening. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And to tell you the truth, it's all about jitterbug for me. I wanted a, yep. a phone that I could just easily hit the big numbers. And then I realized how big the numbers are. I have to use my knuckles. I'm thinking to myself, no, go get the iPhone, Gerald, and learn all about it and get on top of it. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Jonah. Um, I look forward to having you and your dad um, uh, come join us and tell us more because these two generations between you and your dad, I can only imagine what those conversations must be like. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is mine, and I'd happily enjoy it anytime. <laughs> thank you, sir. Take care. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Oh, my goodness. Here we are in the new year, 2022. And even though we are looking at our neighbors, we're looking at our friends, we're looking at our family, everyone is growing and moving and doing, I hope. And as we watch it unfold, get involved. Don't just watch the children grow. Get involved in their growth. Help them to learn and know and accept others. Help them to be a part of what we 
have become this beautiful melting pot is what they used to call it, but I like to call it a salad, a really delicious, amazing salad that has, you know, two and three different um, dressings on it, you know, has some of everything in it. You got to dig through it just to figure out what it is. That's who we are as the United States. And so as we move forward, we are integrating ourselves, whether we like it or not. You may get upset about it. You may think about it and say, oh, no, that's not for me. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's okay. It's okay to meet people that are nothing like you. It's okay to try to understand somebody at the end of your block that you kind of walk past and go, whoa, let me cross the street. And I do understand that there are crazy people in, in certain areas, and people are going to sit there and tell you, you know that crazy neighbor? Maybe you should stop and drop off something and, and knock on the door and say, hey, just wanted to drop off something to you, let you know we care. Let us know if you need something. My son-in-law is like that. He just finds people, and no matter who they are or where they come from, he gets to know them, and they get to know him in his neighborhood. Why can't we all do that? We start it, and then we stop it. I know I have. I've started it. I've stopped it. I've started it. I've stopped it. What I have to do is make sure I don't start and stop it, that I actually get it done and begin those relationships over and over again until I stick with it. That's how important it is. It's not easy. I'm very clear on that. But if we did, can you imagine the, sh the things that we would share? You know, when we do that, what is it called, Jonathan? Neighborhood, uh, night out, neighbor, na night Something out. like that, yeah. Something like that, where your neighbors get together and just talk and get to know each other, who lives where and who does what and what we should be concerned about, all of that. It doesn't mean that you have to hate your neighbor. Maybe you just need to get to know the neighbor. And I know of some hard-headed folks, trust me. I promise you, I'm real clear about that. <laughs> Thank you all for your prayers that found out that I had COVID. Thank you so much for all of you who joined us tonight for this one hour. That's right, it's a truncated show. We are done at 8 o'clock, but we sure are happy to have been here even for an hour. <sighs> Vanita, welcome, honey. Welcome. Good night, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.